Can you hold? Thank you, thank you. Welcome to Film Fight Club. We're here at Sydney Town Hall for the launch of the Sydney Film Festival. I'm Glenn Falconstein from Falcon Screen, and we are joined by freelance writer and critic Virat Nehru. Hello, hello, everyone. It's an exciting morning. We were there at bright and early, 8.30 a.m. At, on a Wednesday morning of everything else, and it's back to film festival time. Yes, uh, I've been up very early. It's the an- annual tradition of Eurovision semi-final one and the Sydney Film Festival. We're here. We've just caught and launched the program. The program is available now. Sydney filmmaker Chris Evans will join us in a moment. We're going to have a bit of a run-through talking about some of the key premieres, key films. There's 150 fe- features, 50 documentaries, uh, a lot more international presentations, 27 world premieres. There's not a closing night film yet. We've been speculating as to what that might be. Yes, I mean, uh, Nished left us hanging, which is really interesting uh, because I was wondering what the closing night slate is going to be. And then he said, well, it is yet to be decided. So as in, uh, you know, usual film festival fashion, there will be late announces. There will be a closing night film, which is yet to be announced. There's a lot more surprises to come. Yes, uh, just quickly before we get into Sydney Film Festival, the news of the week, the Spanish Film Festival Australia is screening now throughout the country, the Setting Sun Film Festival screening in Melbourne, the Sydney South African Film Festival is ongoing as is Flickrfest, uh, Breath of Fresh Air is happening online, and yeah, so... Uh, Sydney Film Festival. Let's. Oh, and this coming up this weekend in Mount Victoria, there is a screening of um, Queen's Screen. They always have a nice event at the beautiful cinema at the very top of the mountains. Now, Sydney Film Festival is the 69th annual Sydney Film Festival. I feel there's a lot more they could have done with that. A la Miff. Miff seemed to make some good hay out of that. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was. It was decidedly low key given it's the 69th Film Festival. They didn't go all out with the branding like Miff did, and they didn't lean into the 69 as they could have. No, they certainly could have done a little more. And here we have, joining us by the wattle, we're just in the corner by the, all the interviews happening, Sydney filmmaker Chris Evans. Hey, guys. So, yes, we're just about to launch into all things. What, is, what have they done? What have they launched? Um, we're expecting a lot more late editions from Khan. Uh, as said, the closing night film is yet to be announced. Um, we are still here as the opening night film. Um, usually we don't have a tradition of seeing the opening night film. Sometimes we go. Um, I haven't looked at the program yet, so we're running off the items rather than the schedules. We actually haven't seen the schedule as such. But, uh, yeah, we are still here. We just saw the trailer for it. Yes, I mean, uh, there are a lot of Khan films, as Glenn rightly pointed out, and clearly I can't wait to watch all the Khan films that they've picked up. Uh, Chris, uh, what are your, some of your highlights from the program launched this morning that you thought were interesting? I can't hear you. <laughs> the question is, what are the program highlights from this morning? Um, I mean, there's a couple of Khan films that have been released. Uh, Le Lulea Sudo film is, is here. Um, there's a, yeah, there's a fair few that I'm, I'm quite keen for. Um, Sissy, I met the filmmaker Sissy last year. It screened at South by Southwest. It's an Australian film made in ACT about someone who goes to the hens party for uh, a reuniting after many years of knowing someone from high school. There's a few fraught relationships there. There's dark comedic elements. Uh, social media is heavily interlaced throughout this film, so I'm quite keen for Sissy. We just watched the trailer for that. I think it's going to be a great opportunity to save money this year. It's the least uh, interesting lineup I've seen. I think they've been really stung by having to put a a festival on in June when they launched in November. Uh, Like Glenn said, I'm really hoping that there's going to be a lot of late editions. There's maybe like five movies I was interested in. Actually, uh, I'm on on your side, Chris. Uh, Maybe it's also because I've seen a lot of the films from TIFF and Sundance already, and 
Some of the most interesting films were from Sundance, which I've already seen. And uh, some of the con ones I'm interested for, but I thought a lot of the films, this time around, I'm more keen for the retrospectives. So maybe that's where I'll spend the money. I'll watch the Saturday Trade retrospective and the Frederick Wiseman retrospective. So maybe the retrospective is where my interest is going to be this year. There's a lot of Wiseman features as part of the retrospective. I don't make a tradition of seeing retrospectives during a festival lineup. However, this year... I may, if there's a very particular reason for seeing one, I don't feel a great pull to see Wise, particularly given I'm not necessarily a huge fan, but uh, there is a David Strand retrospective of a filmmaker I don't know, so I might seek that out. Okay, yes, there's a filmmaker retrospective of Sacha Gidre, but um, major filmmaker, I'm going to pretend I didn't just hear that from Glenn, but... um, in the no seriously he's one of the like core filmmakers in like in world film history i'm not disputing that i'm not disputing i like a lot of his work i'm not disputing that he's incredibly talented i'm simply saying that i like to see new films during the festival so i'm not going to necessarily make a a filmmaker you're not familiar with no no i'm referring to the uh david stratton retrospective so am i so am i oh okay i'm not familiar with their work yes so i'm going to seek this filmmaker out i was just shaming you that's all but I, I, I'm happy to acknowledge that there's a filmmaker whose work I haven't seen, and I'm familiar with the filmmaker, just like their work. I'm going to seek it out. We finally have a fight, guys. After so long, we have a fight on Bill Fight Club, which I did not think today was going to be one of those things. But yeah, we, we wake up and do interesting things. So, uh, But what I'm also interested for, I think this time around, there seems to be a very specific focus on First Nations films as well. I think the First Nations program is very strong. Uh, we have the opening night, which also has a... Uh, specific First Nations event uh, with uh, multiple stories. I think uh, Sydney F- uh, Film Festival has been leaning towards anthology-focused formats for the last couple of years in terms of opening night films. This time around, they're also going with that again. Uh, I'm not sure whether how it's going to be, but it's an interesting way to start a film festival. Uh, no comment. I won't, do, we, do, do we have anything to say about that film? We, I mean, we'll see it, maybe. Yeah, we will see it, but I think it's an interesting shift from uh, picking a feature to anthology-style format. There's been anthology films before. It's an Australian film. Um, I'm somewhat interested. There's a few other films. Uh, there's an Australian filmmaker uh, who made Animals a few years ago. Sophie Hyde is a new film starring Emma Thompson about uh, builds an old woman who uh, hires a sex worker. I think this film could be interesting. I'm going to wait till I see the trailer. But I liked Animals moderately, so I'm curious for Sophie's next work. So I'll probably seek that out. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Sundance picks are actually quite strong uh, this year because I, I was there at Sundance early this year. And All That Breeds, which is a the Grand Jury Prize winner at Sundance is here, which is fantastic. We have Navalny, which I've been talking about, the doco about Alexei Navalny, the opponent, political opponent for Vladimir Putin, who was poisoned uh, and is actually alive in house arrest at this point. So they're tracking that story of how he actually is trying to track his own killers. A very exciting film. And also uh, some other films from Sundance, which have been very interesting. So Sundance lineup is pretty strong. The Khan lineup is strong. But at the same time, I think... I don't know. I was looking at the official competition, and nothing from the official competition takes my fancy. And that's felt really, really sad. All right, two things to that. Number one, the Valneys a film I'm especially interested in um, as one of the documentaries. The reason being that 
I'm generally hesitant to see documentaries where the subject of the documentary is front and center. It can be hagiographic. However, in this particular instance, I think it could provide good insight. I think this is an unusual instance given we, uh, many would not expect the subject to either be necessarily around or willing to contribute to a documentary such as this, but he is. So I'm, I'm particularly curious. In terms of the general, a couple of a response, a couple of the general comments that have been made about the program, I think we're coming out of a particular time when there's been less filmmaker output um, for, for reasons passing understanding um, there's a pretty broad lineup and yet to go full in full detail I'd say of what I've seen so far there's at least 80 to 20 films I'm quite keen to see which is a good festival lineup for me um, as to whether the lineup is uh, a strong week this year I'm not sure I am going to reserve judgment until I've had a proper chance to look through we have literally just seen this in the past hour but I do appreciate that there are a lot less films than other years and certainly um, purely in terms of volume there are less films I am excited about but I think I am willing to attribute that to just the less output that has happened in terms of general filmmaking over the past few years Chris you mentioned that uh, only about five films popped up in terms of that interested you what is the general kind of feel from the program launch that disappointed you specifically well talking about the official uh, competition there's basically no heavy hitting auteurs there's no a uh, major director of the now that um, that you know is putting out a big ticket film like I, I the, the you can sort of see it all in how there are a couple of uh, films from uh, on sudden regard at Khan or director's fortnight but there's almost none from the official competition the only one is the new film from Lucas Dont who made girl Um I'm hoping that things like the Cronenberg film Crimes of the Future, which is an obvious pick, will end up uh, being added late because that opens in the US and Canada, I believe, in June. So there's no reason we shouldn't be seeing that at SFF. I think 3rd of June is the official release date in the US, so it's actually probably be opening before SFF in the US. Uh, and I think uh, it might be opening in Australia soon after, from what I'm hearing. So. Uh, should we waste a festival ticket for that film or are you just going to see it in cinemas? It's a very interesting... Same with Chacha Real Smooth. Chacha Real Smooth is going to be on Apple TV sometime mid-June. So that probably would be around the same time it's premiering at the fest as well. So... So I think with Chacha Real Smooth, look, it's from the director who made Freshman Year. We saw this last year and we said, look, this guy, given a better, bigger budget, is going to do well. He's, whatever he does next will be an interesting film. He got a mid-sized budget. He made this with Dakota Johnson. So I'm curious, just based on the talent of the filmmaker, um, in terms of whether I see a film, if a film's coming out in the next week, I'm not probably not going to see it at the festival. Having said that, there are exceptions. Chris speculated, I think very correctly, I was thinking about this myself, that Elvis may very well be the closing night film, given it is an Australian film. If Elvis is the closing night film at a closing night gala of the Sydney Film Festival and it's an Australian film, I'm probably going to see it at the festival. I imagine if there's any hold up on that, it's over them wanting to do a bigger glitzier red carpet premiere than a Sydney night film festival closing night would be but look that film comes out on june 23rd the festival is also showing the strictly ballroom restoration and the festival ends on sunday the 19th four days before the opening it just makes sense and look Verat and i will do our best elvis impressions when we if we rock up at, if they have it as closing night gala i think my dad might actually turn up because he's a huge elvis fan and he has all the elvis cds so this may be the first year if we show elvis as the closing night film this would be the first year my dad actually comes to a sydney film festival screening and he might actually appreciate what I do for a living. So that's also, you know, just, you know, aside. Oh, yeah, my dad might come. I think that our dads come. We could have a separate dad film fight club where they just talk about Elvis. But in the meantime, you've got us. So there's... 
Chris? Oh, don't worry about it. Um, so just pausing on the films for a second, I want to make a couple of comments on the presentation itself. Uh, Nashin Moodley, congratulations, Nashin, your 10th year as festival director, got up and gave a presentation of screening some of the trailers. Um, Lee Smalls from the board of the festival is no longer um, as involved. That, that was a bit of an announcement. Um, notably, there was a comment from... Ben Franklin, the Minister for the Arts, about funding for the arts generally and funding for the Sydney Film Festival. And yes, I acknowledge that there has been some funding over the previous years for the Sydney Film Festival, but just want to note, as Chris and I were talking offline, this is in the context of um, general lacking funding more broadly to the sector and to other film festivals. I think there's a misnomer in the cultural in parts of the cultural scene that the, the film festival scene in Sydney and or Australia stops at the Sydney Film Festival. It's absolute bull. There's hundreds, literally hundreds of other good festivals including run including by people who are staff of the Sydney Film Festival run independent interesting ones and uh, funding um, or lack thereof shouldn't stop at one major festival albeit if it is the flagship festival for the city I, I totally agree and also I mean I'm not going to go too too political on this but I didn't look at the budget papers and the forecasting of what is supposed to be budgeted for Screen New South Wales and general art sector funding come the next four or five years and there has been a decided cut in arts funding close to about 20% across the sector in the federal budget forecasting. What's funny to give more context, we were given the apocryphal Churchill quote about why they won't cut funding to the arts because otherwise why are we fighting for, um, as Glenn said, not to get too political while getting extremely political. You can't get up and uh, say talk about Winston Churchill in the context of not cutting funding to the arts when you represent a party that has consistently cut funding to the arts at every point. Honestly, one of the best posts I've heard, Dan Weir had a comment t- noting that it was apocryphal and it was both a thank you and compliment to the minister and at the same time a bit of a jibe, which I thought was, or at least could be interpreted as such, which I thought was quite funny. So that's our political coverage. Uh, moving on to the other elements of the festival. Coming to the festival are Colm Buried and... Kion and the Churilau, excuse me if I mispronounced those names, uh, the Irish filmmaking duo behind The Quiet One Girl, which uh, will be screening, which I'm quite keen for. Um, I'm always keen for an Irish film. There's also an Irish documentary. Um, there's a, a couple of animations. There's the, an animation based on the diary of Anne Frank. There's been a lot of adaptations or versions or readings of the diary over the years. I haven't seen an animated one. This one looks quite distinct, so I am keen to see that interpretation. That's one film I'm probably going to seek out. Yeah, uh, talking of Irish films, I think there's a new John Michael McDonough as well, which is actually I'm excited about in terms of the special presentation of the State Theatre. There's not many big-ticket items at this festival this time around, so that's one that's definitely, I think, going to pack a lot of seats because there are some dedicated fans of John Michael McDonough and it's black comedy and absurd humour that will definitely be interested in that kind of film. The, the thing with my griping about, where are my big-ticket names? Where's my auteurs? I want Park Chan-wook. On that note, though, it's a big missed opportunity to show Old Boy, but not Decision to Leave, right? Surely they'll be trying to get Decision to Leave at the festival. Uh, that's already been picked up by Mubi, and it's going to be showing on Mubi very soon. So I think Khan uh, has an exclusive deal with Mubi. That's why probably the fest wasn't able to pick it up. Nah, that wouldn't be it. They would they would have a right a deal with SFF because Mubi in Australia will partner with Madman, who are very tied with the festival. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I think. It's possible that there's a lot of buried treasure here. You know, a lot of the joy of film festivals is new and now, uh, discoveries, right? Yada, yada, yada. But more and more as I become old and cynical, 
I find that the films that I'm not already looking forward to that I haven't already through covering festivals just had the hype bleed through to me, um, you know, through reading festival coverage, um, aren't worth catching. You know, the ones that haven't caught your attention already generally aren't that good. Am I, so I, I'm not writing off the idea that a lot of these movies I haven't heard of um, are actually great, but I'm guessing that there's a lot of also runs here and that the festival have struggled to pull together a bigger program. Look, I'm, I wish we actually had the program rather than the press releases in front of us. There's, a bun- there's dozens that aren't referenced that I think we otherwise would be interested in looking more closely. I'm certainly going to look at those in the next few days. Um, and so I, that's what I'll be seeking out. We always ask Nashin what's one that goes under the radar, and usually those are the ones we want to see or either like to take to friends as a recommendation, ones you otherwise wouldn't catch or those wouldn't be trumpeted almost anywhere else. In terms of the John Michael McDonald, the Ray Fiennes, Jessica Chastain film, that was one of my first picks. I'm absolutely going to go see the new John Michael McDonald, notably the... Uh, uh, last one from them premiered at SFF maybe six years ago now. So I'm keen to see the new entry. Analyst. Was it was it Calvary? Is, is that correct? Uh, no, it was um, War and Everyone. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, my God, I remember that. that and they had that very interesting scene about spotting the, the one. Anyway, that was a very sort of potentially racist sequence that I is playing in my head from that film. I really hope I'm not getting the brothers confused now, but I think that was the case. Um, oh, so um, just another one I'm keen on. Uh, Please, Baby, Please, the new Andrew Rice brother film, which is des- uh, described as a modern take on Street Condemned Desire, my, probably my all-time favorite play. So I am keen for that. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a bunch of ones that will get releases, what, a few months down the track and others that won't. And I always try and do a mix. And I, we haven't even looked at the timetable. I'd really hope that it's not all midday screenings, that it's not all bunched on the first Saturday and that there's predictably gaps in the program on Tuesday for the Khan releases. And I don't know. I And, and also, I, I should also note, uh, based on the presentation today, one thing we didn't mention is that this year there are more outreach to places that are not in Sydney. So there are regional tourings for the Sydney Film Festival via the Travelling Film Festival and more so and more funding for that, which I think is good. I will also note that they've increased the venue spread. Um, additionally this year, in addition to the State Theatre, Event Cinemas, um, the Orpheum is a new as a few years ago, the Ritz, and now there's Palace Cinemas, there's Palace Norton Street, which is really good. Um, they're remaining at Casula, which I think is good. Um, the Sydney Film Festival shouldn't just be the centre of the city, it should be throughout the whole city and because it is the city film festival so that's good and yeah um i think still a few more we're yet to discuss in terms of the program yes i think uh, one of the films which wasn't mentioned but i'm really looking forward to it because uh synonyms played uh, at the sydney film fest with nadav lapid and i saw his latest films ahead knee at the at toronto last year i think that's in the program which is really good which we which didn't get mentioned so there are some gems as glenn pointed out probably buried in the program which weren't mentioned at the launch also um misaki yuasa's uh new anime inuo i've heard is very very good um i think Virat will be there for that yes yes definitely has anyone heard of this uh we met in virtual reality i know it was one of the it's from cph docs i know it was one of the first uh, releases. It's about people who met in virtual reality and documenting their relationships. I mean, the subject matter is interesting. If the film looks well executed, I'd watch it. I, I don't know too much about it. That's one I'm like, maybe, I don't know, I'm not sure. Uh, I think this time around, uh, you know, there are certain uh, strands of the program which I'll just have to take a, a, a punt, basically. Like Europe uh, Women Voices in Film, 
I don't know any of those filmmakers or their films previously, so I don't know who to take a, a chance on. Maybe I'll take a chance on one, and it's just going to be one of those film festival sort of picks where you just see and hope that you get the right pick. Or, or you know, it could be an absolute stinker, which is kind of the fun of film festivals as well. I think it's almost as if, like, you know, sometimes we kind of pride ourselves in being the ones in the know, but this time around we really don't know as well. You say that, but when you're 30 films in and uh, you're watching your 17th bad one, it's not so fun anymore. So honestly, I think it's too soon for me to give much commentary about this program. Beyond the few films that stuck out at me from directors I already knew, um, they're all movies I'm going to have to Google and uh, figure out my program based on that. So I don't have too much to tell you right now, guys. I would also just one that they'd ran the trailer for that I was kind of familiar with Fire of Love this one about a couple who chase volcanoes I really hope that the one great clip from that which was incredible footage wasn't just shown to us as part of the you know sizzle reel um, maybe I'm sort of curious by the premise I'll check that one out that's in my list of definite maybe list there's a, there's a fast growing maybe list I, I've seen Fire of Love, and I can definitely say that that's, that's not the best of it. That film is gorgeous in how it's shot. Uh, it's almost... Uh, it's picked up by Nat Geo and almost does it a disservice because it makes it... It sort of boxes it in as a Nat Geo film, but it's not, it's not a Nat Geo film. I, I know it's a, it's a nature documentary, but almost marketing it as a nature documentary does it a disservice because it's a beautiful love story just on the backdrop of nature and volcanoes. So actually, it's a very much a human interest drama, if anything else. You'll be our guide to the festival since you've seen so many of the Sundance and Toronto picks, by the sound of it. Yeah, I mean, uh, which was sad, really, because I was just looking at my Flexi and seeing... Because usually I get a Flexi 30, and th even that doesn't do it, because I usually have to rely on my Flexi 30 and the media pass that they give me to really get the best out of the festival. But this time around... Maybe a Flexi 20 will do, which is really sad if I think about it because I didn't want it to be this way. You didn't want have to be this way, Sydney. I didn't want to only spend money on 20 films. No, I'm probably going to get a Flexi and probably use a few of those tickets to like, take friends. I think it'll be sort of my setup. Um, a couple other ones I noticed. Leader, uh, the first 3D film, going in the tradition of Static Vision, which is cool. It's in the Freak Me Out section. Richard Kuypers has put together six films, including Sissy. So I'm sort of I'm keen. I usually see almost, if not all, the Freak Me Out section. Six uh, rather than ten in the traditional year is a manageable bunch. Um, I also note that there are what well, they're doing this again where they screen six episodes of a tv series one feature film i don't like consuming tv that way i don't like generally consuming television at a film festival if at all so i know there's a mystery road series that is screening and i don't know if i'll necessarily seek that out um in a more meta aspect too the hub is back we're in the hub now so we're going to hang out at the hub this year which is quite fun i hope there's no rope line because that's weird and stupid but there'll be a uh yeah i'll call it it's weird having a little rope line and this like big open space where you should just all be able to hang out but for like the semi-private parties but yeah there'll be drinks there'll be activations there'll be things I'm going to hang out here between movies I, I always like doing that and this is like what my ninth year at the festival I think at this point I'm practically part of the furniture if there is a rope line separating me and other people who are you know considered to be you know friends of the festival I'm going to feel slightly like come on guys I think I'm practically furniture here at this point I deserve to be behind the line with anyone. It is funny, though. It's like this, this is uh, public land, and this is very, very exclusive public land. 
Whenever I see the rope line at this festival, I think of that scene in Extras with David Bowie where, like, Ricky Gervais is on one side and David Bowie is on the other side and they move and when David Bowie comes in. Um, well, actually, if you're, this is your ninth year of a ride, Chris might put us, will put us to shame, but this is my, forget about Nashon, this is my 10th ten, year at the festival too. Yeah, it's my anniversary. First film I ever saw was a Keanu Reeves doco about uh, use of... Side. side by side, that's it, yeah. Well done, Chris, nice. Yeah, Chris has been coming here longer than we have. Uh, yes, I have. <laughs> How long has it been for you, Chris? Uh, not, not to show your age or anything, but I think... Chris, isn't Chris the youngest? Chris, isn't Chris the youngest here? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm the second youngest. Um, but uh, I, I think this is the 12th festival. Okay, so not, not that bad. So I don't feel like 9, 10th and 12th. So we're, we're close enough. It doesn't feel like... I'm like, oh, only you're ninth year. I've been coming here for like 15 years. And I'm just like, okay. I'm going off that Chris saw Inland Empire here. And I only bring it up as a segue because there is a David documentary about David Lynch's love for The Wizard of Oz. Now, I like Lynch. I don't like The Wizard of Oz. It's a strange subject for a film, yeah. a feature film. Yeah, I'm the resident Lynch fanboy here at Film Fight Club. But I don't know that I... I'm interested enough to watch a feature film just about Lynch's uh, passion for The Wizard of Oz. Like, I I feel like I already have a pretty good grasp on that subject already, so I don't really see the need for that. Something I am looking forward to more is um, Flux Gourmet, the new film from... Um, oh, God, I've forgotten his name. Hold on. Um, it's starring Gwendolyn Gwendol- Christie, and we're going to get the... The new film from Peter Strickland... Um, who made In Fabric, uh, which was the movie that uh, uh, finally felt like all the elements of his filmmaking were working together for me. So uh, I'm keen to see his next one. It has very good reviews out of Berlin. Um, Another one I'm keen for is uh, Sirens. It is a film set in Lebanon about an all-female thrash metal protest band. Subject matter is great, but then also the music looks pretty good. There's also, I only learned about this in the presentation now, a film set in Afghanistan about a female rock band, so I'm curious about that one too, but the one I'll be prioritizing is Sirens, which is about the thrash metal band. Uh, I always like to see a semi-music document, music documentary and political one at that. A Rock of Bull came out a couple of years ago, which I moderately enjoyed, so this should be interesting, so I'll be seeking that one out. Yes, uh, the other strands, I mean, I, I wish I could do Freak Me Out, but then knowing my propensity to actually freak out whenever I see anything remotely horror-orientated, I think uh, I'll try my best. But maybe, given that Glenn has convinced me that Sissy is a film that he's excited for, maybe if he would accompany me and he would like hold my hand while we're watching it, maybe I can give it a shot. Yeah, Sissy, I met the filmmakers through Friends uh, uh, like a year ago, and so I knew this was coming, and I've been excited about it for a while, so I'm keen to check that out. I also am, also just the local element is great. I'm also curious regarding, uh, actually, curious, I should say, I'm glad that every year there's always a focus on not just Canadian cinema, but um, Indigenous Canadian cinema, Indigenous Canadian stories. Uh, there seems to be quite a consistent thing at the festival, and historically, I historically uh, feel like films like Miko have been great, so I'm all here for it. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, uh, and there's a few others. Um, Teenage Kicks directors uh, Craig Bornham's coming back with Lonesome. Uh, there's a South by Southwest film, Seriously Red, which is an Australian film by Gracie Otto about Dolly Parton. So I'll watch the trailer. Again, that's in the maybe pile at the moment. Yeah, I, I, saw, I saw Gracie Otto's documentary that she did. It was around 2014 was the last time, uh, uh, and I did an interview with her as well. So I'm glad that she's moved to a debut feature. So that's great. But from a Canadian perspective, uh, I remember... 
I remember we were doing uh, from Sundance, there's a great pick in the official competition called Utama, which is a great film about land rights and water rights and the dispute between indigenous tribes and uh, corporations about what water rights and land rights are going to be. So that's a great uh, film again. So there are some gems hidden in there. I think from how the program was described, it wasn't very obvious what the gems are going to be. So I think this is one of those years in the festival where we really have to dig deep and do the old school way of flipping through the pages and working out what our picks and favorites are going to be. Which is good. I mean, two we haven't mentioned, uh, Blaze by uh, Catherine Del Barden and also You Won't Be Alone, the new Namira Pache film uh, by Ansel Elmgert. So those ones, again, I'll have to really have a look into it. So we'll see. I'm curious. I don't know. There's a big maybe pile. There's a few definites pile. Um, we're keen to, and we'll be bringing more coverage in the next few weeks. Looking to have Nash on the show come the start of the festival, which kicks off from June 8th through 19th. Um, there are going to be late editions and there will be extended screenings following the festival, most likely, i.e. encore screenings and also screenings around New South Wales, as we said. Yes, and, and you know, it doesn't really always have to be very expensive. I know if you are between 15 and 24 and you are a young person uh, of, of film interest or interested in film, then you can get a youth pass, which actually brings down ticket prices quite a bit. So you can watch six films for about 75 bucks, which I think is a great deal. Yeah, um, it, those were the days. Well, so we're literally where we are standing in the hub, you can get cheap tickets during the week you just rock up and say oh yeah these films it's like the West End box in the West End just you rock up get free ticket tickets come hang out with us at the hub let us know what you want us to cover yeah um, the, there's a $10 ticket thing basically you come here in the morning um, sorry I'll start that again <laughs> yeah the, there's a, the hub box office basically has a line of uh, movies that aren't selling well enough um, that you can get tickets for $10 too. And sometimes it seems totally random what gets selected or not. So be there. So yeah, come to the Sydney Film Festival. We'll be doing more coverage. We'll have more on the program. Have a wonderful day. Enjoy movies. Uh, I was going to review Doctor Strange, but we can't be bothered because it's terrible. Uh, this has been <laughs> That's my review. It's not great. There's like 12 minutes of Raimi goodness and the rest is just terrible Marvel. This has been... Yeah, that's Doctor Strange, Into the Multiverse, or whatever it's called. Go see everything everywhere all at once. It's much better, even with its faults notwithstanding. This has been Glenn Falconstein, Chris Emmons, and Virat Nehru. Looking forward to more Sydney Film Festival coverage in SFF 69. Have a wonderful night and enjoy movies. Good night. Bye. Bye. Yeah, I, was, I was waiting for